At Capella University, you're in control of your education. With the game-changing FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines and move at your own pace. The faster you move, the more you save. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Right Night is a talk show with published authors, writers, and content creators discussing both the creative and technical sides of writing, as well as the industry surrounding it from novels to screenplays to comics and more. And now, here's your host, author Travis I. Sivar. Welcome to Right Night. We'll get to the topic and discussion in just a moment. For those listening to the podcast, we record the podcast on our live stream at twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern Talk, and we have a live interactive chat audience. You might hear the sound of the bell ding, and that means I want to interrupt somebody to read a comment or question. For those on the live stream, we won't read off everything you put in chat, but we'll try to get to the most relevant, the most amusing, or some combination of the both. Now, while we introduce ourselves, go ahead and let us know what you're reading, writing, or creating tonight. And while you guys are posting that in the chat, I'll let you know I am Travis Sivard, and some of my books that I've written with my favorite fight scenes have to be, well, honestly, the last two series, Portals and Silver and Smith. Let's introduce my amazing co-host, and I'm so excited to have on a couple episodes with me. Let's start with you, Garrett. So, I am Garrett Robinson. I write books that are uh, one of my most consistent reviews is that people love the fight scenes or the action scenes because there are a lot of action scenes that don't necessarily include fights. And in particular, the last uh, series that I wrote the first three books of, The Tales of the Wanderer, um, are uh, very fight scene heavy. I actually wrote them uh, in another life. I was a filmmaker and I, I, I longed to return to it one day. And I wrote that series uh, specifically with uh, having in mind like one day on screen, I wanted it to have just the most epic fight scenes. And so it's got some really good ones that I'm very proud of. And so uh, if people like me in this uh, podcast, which is not a guarantee, <laughs> you should check out Tales of the Wanderer. Scott? Yeah, I'm Scott, and uh, I've written two books that have been published. Uh, we got Metal, the Angel Weapon right here, and a sequel, uh, The Last Wish. And you can see in the second one, there's a giant robot on the cover. And, uh, you know, there may or may not be a fight scene at the end involving destroying that robot, you know, limb by limb. So it's pretty exciting. Um, and uh, if you want to check out those books, you can always go to scottwrightstuff.com, and they are available there. And uh, yeah, and as far as, you know, more fight scenes, I typically on my stream, we write a lot of short fiction that doesn't have a lot of fight scenes in it. But, um, you know, sometimes there uh, things can get a little bit tough and tumbly. And I think it's interesting, you know, to talk about the things that happen like before and after the fight scenes as well, because it's not always just about, you know, the, the punches and the, the kicks and whatever. That's right. Now, my thoughts on fight scenes is uh, I don't enjoy writing them at all. I've tried. I've done it. I've done a fair job, um, and I've read some great fight scenes. The big one that comes to mind is R.A. Salvatore. Have you guys read any of R.A. Salvatore's work? Yeah, absolutely. Nope. Sorry. Scott, just so you know, that you've you ever heard of Dritz de Werden from the Forgotten Realms, the Drow Elf? Excuse me, what? The Drow Elf. <laughs> the, the Drow Elf? Forgotten Realms is a fantasy series based on Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. 
there is a very popular author, um, R.A. Salvatore, who wrote multiple trilogies. And there is a species of elves called drow or drow, depending who you're talking to. And they're basically underground dwelling elves who tend to have a twisted society, etc. And this is one that broke away from the society and became a good guy. So this is... Uh, <laughs> oh, Raven says, I have some... Uh, thank you, Raven. Very kind. Uh, said I have some epic fights in the Force Portals book. But what I found is I don't enjoy writing the choreography, the step-by-step, blow-by-blow of a fight scene. It, it's just not enjoyable to me. So I have found alternatives, and I'll talk more about that. But in some of the pre-show discussion with these guys, I talked to Scott a little bit about it and know a little bit about where he comes from, and I want to hear more about that. And after that, I definitely, because Garrett was too busy to jump in on that conversation, and I just learned that he loves writing fight scenes and has quite a few. So this is going to be a great like compare and contrast type situation. Scott, do you want to tell them a little bit about what you said in that pre-show thing? In other words, what you typed in Discord. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, oh boy, where do I begin on fight scenes? So I think one of the first things that I want to, you know, to start off with talking about writing a fight scene, presumably in a novel, is that this comes up a lot when I'm streaming. As people come in and they say, oh, I'm writing a fight scene, or how do I write a fight scene, or whatever. And... You know, then I start asking them, like, oh, well, why do you want to write a fight scene? What's going on in your story? And quite often the answer is, you know, oh, I'm, I, I was inspired by this anime I was watching or this manga that I was reading or this TV series that I was watching and I want to create my own, you know? And, and that's fine. That's great to have the inspiration come from anywhere. But I think it's so important to keep in mind the pros and cons of the different mediums. And when you have a fight scene in an anime, like naruto or one piece or whatever it's gonna look awesome you know because animation lets you do anything and the people are just you know just the punches and the kicks and the elemental powers or whatever is going to be great same thing in a tv show or whatever and or in a manga you know uh, or a comic book um you know you have the the artists who do a fantastic job of bringing these fights to life but when you're writing a story you, you, you can't do that you just cannot say i threw a punch and he dodged and then he kicked and i dodged and i shot the <laughs> yeah. and it hit him and blah blah it, 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 you just can't do it it's going to be torture to read so you have to kind of work within the medium quite a bit more you know and you have to make sure that yes you can have a fight scene sure but you want to make sure that, you know, the fight scene isn't so much just about, you know, again, the, the, the cool punches and kicks, but it's more about just a, a payoff for some sort of setup, you know, or to have the character express themselves in some way. If your character's bloodthirsty, then you can show them be bloodthirsty. Or if your character's meek and scared, then you can show them being meek and scared. Or if there's, you know, they've been training for something, finally you can have a payoff for that. But, you know looking like like i have some books over here like you know like 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 the hunger games right here it's a book about kids fighting other kids to the death but how many fight scenes are there in the actual story there's like maybe one or two and they're about a page long each you know so i think that you know thinking about fight scenes and writing fight scenes i i just don't think you want that's not where you want to be starting you want to think about the story 
outside of the fight scene first, make sure you have the setup for it, the payoff for it, and make sure that you know the actual fight scene itself, it's probably gonna be like two or three paragraphs. It's it's not worth getting too hung up over, you know. Very good. Garrett, before you answer, I wanna let Goblin know. Goblin, give us a few minutes. I'm gonna get back to that question, but I wanna let Garrett uh, run through his base ideas before we get to that. Go ahead, Garrett. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a hundred percent on board uh, with Scott. Like, you can, I, I the, the most aggravating, boring, just absolutely excruciating thing is uh, to me personally, and other people are allowed to have other opinions. I always feel <laughs> the need to state that on the internet, but is reading a fight scene where everything is described in the most excruciating detail. Like, oh, I don't need to know that the axe ended up two inches from the ground. And so they brought it around in a backswing, which was then parried by the sword. And then they came back and like a couple of little details are going to let people fill in a lot. And I, I, I've, you know, I've had to tell I, I've even had to tell good friends, you know, that uh, like that that uh, sent me a book or something uh, that I'm like, hey, listen, this is a personal opinion. So, like, take that with a grain of salt. But like <laughs> these fight scenes are just really hard to get through. And if if somebody ever wants to as a, as a writer themselves, if they want a really good example of the way this works, go watch The Legend of Korra, which has far and away some of the best fight scenes visual fight scenes you like i've ever seen in my life or uh you know watch something like uh like uh, uh you know the matrix has really really great fight scenes obviously not in a fantasy setting which is like my wheelhouse but great fight scenes lord of the rings has some pretty good fight scenes but honestly it's not the strongest part of those movies so I like to throw people to Legend of Korra, which just, oh, the fight scenes are so good. Avatar The Last Airbender had some really good ones as well, but Korra takes it to another level. Then, watch that, watch, watch one of those scenes. Pick one. Pick your favorite one. Watch it, and then watch it, and then watch it a third time. Then sit down at your computer and write it. And try to write it in every detail that you can remember. In other words, try to exactly replicate that fight scene in words and i guarantee you will you will have left out about 50 percent of the individual moves that happen in the fight scene because they are building blocks to the emotional development of the scene everything in there looks cool and all the things that look cool make you go whoa but it's all in service of making you understand what is happening to both of the characters throughout that scene and that is what sticks with you not the individual twist of the fingers as the earthbender bends metal for the first time and like wraps a suit of armor around herself that she just pulled off of a panel on this giant robot or whatever. It is the emotional development of the scene that will stick with you. And so I think when you're writing a fight scene, that's what you need to stick with. You need to, you need to summarize what's happening in order to fulfill the emotional beats that's moving the story forward, which is kind of just what you're doing in writing in general right like people the reader doesn't need to know when your character goes to the bathroom they, they just don't they can just assume that that happens as part of the general business of living well they can just assume that a couple of different blows are traded in the course of a fight uh 
without you needing to spell out the exact uh, 30 degree angle that the axe came up with and it's just like no please don't do that please and if I may for me um yeah there's there's nothing worse than a gratuitous scene whether it's a anything choreographed whether it's a sex scene or a fight scene or any other kind of scene if you are graphing the minutia um and this is something I've seen very few writers do I mentioned R.A. Salvatore earlier he does a fairly good job and he has like pages of a single fight scene it's okay though not bad um for me though I didn't enjoy writing it at all so what I did is I decided to make fight scenes a chance at character development to show their expressions to show their emotions or even to climb in their head so I can go through a two-minute chase scene or a 45-second fight scene and I can have a page of introspection of how angry they are or why they're doing this or what they're hoping to get out of it. All that payoff you gentlemen were talking about in your mentions there. Um, and I want to read a few comments here. Um, Raven says, I write the choreography and bullet points and go back over it and hide those bullets in between thoughts, feelings, sensory information, and dialogue. Uh, that's fantastic. That is. I've never heard of doing that before, and that's fantastic. See, a lot of times the way I describe it is like a dot to dot, and your bullet points are your dots, and then those lines is the art in between it to actually create the picture. Um Haddon 2 says, honestly, I hate fight scenes in books. Saying they fought is descriptive enough for me. Goblin says, this is amazing advice. Try to re replicate the fight scene at pen to paper. Great perspective. Which, by the way, I do this with a lot more than fight scenes. There's times I will see something in the street and I'm like, how would I write that? How would I convey what I'm seeing right now, what I'm feeling right now in a book? And that's kind of my real world writing prompts sometimes where I'm, I'm sitting there with my notebook scribble 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 um, as, a, as a side note um, this is actually advice that I offer to a lot of beginning writers when they're like how, like how do I get started how do I learn what to do I tell them to take their favorite book take three of their favorite scenes from it reread the scene three times and then go sit down and actually try your best to rewrite that scene word for word and then sit and evaluate what you've written against what you've just read three times over and you will learn so much about your own style and what's actually important to you in that process because you'll be like oh i got this one part almost word for word and then i just kind of summarized all this other stuff and that might tell you that dialogue is so much more important to you than you to you than action description is your favorite thing it's going to tell you a lot about yourself as a writer if you do something Scott? Yeah, and that uh, other comment that came before about, you know, just saying they fought is, right. is good enough. You know, I think that kind of touches upon something where that goes for a lot of things in writing where in fight scenes included is that you have to find that happy medium. You know, I think right. that saying they fought might be, you know, just going a little too far in the non-descriptive direction. Whereas, you know, like Garrett was saying, oh, the 33 angle of the axe, I think that might be a little bit too far. Because I think if you just say they fought, you're kind of doing a little bit of a disservice to the story as well, because a fight scene is a great way to show your character. And like, are they, what, what, are, what is important to them in this fight scene? Right. Obviously, you know, swinging the sword two inches to the left is not going to be important, 
but you know maybe they're maybe they have a sword and they shove it through their stomach or they shove it through their heart or they lop their head off you know those three different things and kind of the emotions and introspection that go between that go with that can show a lot about who your character is and what this fight means to them personally in the context of your story so again i think you got to find that happy medium you don't have to describe the exact speed and angle of cutting off their head but definitely give us the emotion of cutting off the opponent's head you know I want to read a couple questions from Green Goblin here. Earlier, the question I skipped over that I wanted to come back to, and I'm going to read both and then we can carry on with this and and answer both. In writing fight scenes, do you try to research actual combat techniques to fill the void of animation or special effects? And the other comment slash question was, I believe just to Garrett, and Garrett, I'm going to try to throw an answer at this and you can correct me or, or build on it or whatever. Green Goblin says, do you mean write word for word as just copying the text or trying to write it how it's interpreted by you? Option B, you, you want to write it in your your own style. You want to retell it your way when you're rewriting that. So you learn about your writing. Uh, so so this, as, as an exercise, I actually recommend that people try to write it word for word. Okay. They literally try to copy what they just read. Um, this is strictly as an exercise it's like uh, it's like when a painter does studies and they just sit and they do like a study of a hand in a couple of different poses that they think that they might want to use for the next painting because they learn a lot about themselves when they try to do that one specific thing one specific way so i in this as a as just a total exercise for a bit and this is honestly pretty early writer stuff this is pretty early writer stuff um, I, I recommend that people try to rewrite that scene word for word and then do a very careful analysis between what they wrote and what they read because that's going to teach you what is important to you and maybe where your weaknesses are. Like, you might not realize until you do this exercise that one of your favorite things about this author's style is the is their dialogue. And maybe you messed up their dialogue, but when you're looking back, like that dialogue was what made the scene for you and you didn't get it. So maybe you need to work on your dialogue. That's, this is pretty specific, honestly. This is like, this is a, this is a very niche thing. I don't think that this is something you should spend too much time on, but I think it's worth doing with like five of your favorite scenes from three of your favorite books. And once you've done that, I feel like you probably learned all you can from that exercise so just to just to limit the scope of this a bit a couple comments from just go ahead scott oh can i just want to please the the one comment that you just read there um what was it about it was the uh researching actual combat techniques that reminded me of uh one of one of my favorite books you know the wise man's fear by patrick rothfuss oh Oh, yeah oh yeah that's a good one there's a you know a whole section of this book right here toward the end is for people who haven't read it you have the main character he goes to this like foreign country and he learns about their fighting techniques in this country and he trains there for months and like um i, I and patrick rothfuss then the the author here he has famously you know said that you know he he knows nothing about fighting at all he did not you know do any specific research or anything but he's this and what he does is you know in these fight scenes here these epic fight scenes Toward the end, he just he just makes stuff up, you know. Like here, like right here, it says, "Without thinking, I used Salon's curious two-handed version of Break Lion 
Like, what the heck does break lion mean? Or she struck out quickly with sowing barley. What, what does this mean? It, it means nothing, but you can you get the feeling of it by by listening to it like sewing barley you know and then it says like snapping knuckles hard against the meat of her inner biceps so we get like a hint of what that means is it based in reality i don't know it, it doesn't really matter you know it just can it conveys that feeling and your mind kind of fills in the blanks in between there you know so i wouldn't get so hung up on the actual combat techniques you know just make it fun and full of emotion a hundred percent. And I I have to jump in because I pulled out a book as well, which is Lord of the Rings, uh, because like, ugh, yeah, you know, it's uh, I'm the biggest Tolkien nerd that I know. That's not true. I know two people specifically <laughs> who are bigger Tolkien nerds than I. But this is uh, relatively early in the series it, and it's uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. And this is this is this is the whole battle scene, the whole battle scene. And it's one paragraph, uh, like somebody was mentioning before, like a fight scene can be one paragraph. Um, this is. This is it. And I'm going to try to preface it with uh, my best Ian McKellen. So forgive me, Ian McKellen. Fling fuel on the fire, cried Gandalf to the hobbits. Draw your blades and stand back to back. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided exceptional care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to give children and healthcare heroes a reason to believe this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. With MailChimp, you get more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. With things like data-driven recommendations and powerful automation tools. Get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. In the leaping light, as the fresh wood blazed up, Frodo saw many gray shapes spring over the ring of stones. More and more followed. Through the throat of one huge leader, Aragorn passed his sword with a thrust. With a great sweep, Boromir hewed the head off another. Beside them, Gimli stood, with his stout legs apart, wielding his dwarf axe. The bow of Legolas was singing. And then Gandalf does a spell and the fight is over. We got two kills in that. What does the bow of Legolas was singing mean? That's up to you. You decide that. Gimli was wielding his dwarf axe. What did he do with it? That's up to you. That's the whole fight, and it's so good. Every time I read this scene when I'm rereading this book, which I do all the time, I like that scene is so like, oh, it's so cool, it's so cool. And there's 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 nothing. We get two kills, and like then in the aftermath of the fight later, there's like a bunch of dead wolves and whatnot, but like that's that's all you need, man. It's just pretty, it just looks good. In the book that I'm editing right now, Silver and Smith 2, there's one scene. And I remember it well because I had so much fun. I almost went like totally noir type dialogue during the fight scene because things speed up so I get a little more uh, prosy. But there's a point in time where both of the main characters have pulled their guns and they're firing. And the whole fight scene is based off of the first one like falls to his knees and he's firing wildly, wildly letting his hands lead blah 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 and he has this grin on his face that's not necessarily happy it's just intense then the other character is biting her lip and she's carefully just moving the muzzle of the gun a centimeter to one side or the other and very carefully clipping off bullets this is again showing not necessarily the fight but their personalities and the difference in how they react to things and after those two paragraphs are describing their individual thing it says, and then, you know, the smoke is clearing over the, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
Because again, this was about the character developing. And let's address that other question that was asked up here too. <clears throat> Raven says, do you guys ever stream yourself doing writing exercises like that? The writing exercise she is referring to is the writing one scene out of a book that you've read. Yeah, I mean, that's all that we do on our stream, basically, <laughs> is exercises like that. One of our favorite exercises is, you know, stealing a beginning from a book. You take the first page of a book, copy it word for word, change the names of the characters, change a couple verbs, change a couple adjectives, and then if there are a few iterations, you have a brand new beginning to your own story, you know? So, so if you're interested in that, you can feel free to check it out. Yeah, and absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. I want to do that now. Yeah, and, and by the way, keep in mind, if you guys, whether it's the viewing audience, the podcast audience, or Garrett, if you guys can match up with Scott's streaming schedule, showing up and giving that support, it works across the board. So when you hear people on Right Night or when they have guests on, definitely check out the other people and check them out. Um, Raven says, my husband and daughter groan every time it's my turn to pick a movie marathon because it's either Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, or The Matrix. A Green Goblin, uh, does that work for sex as well? Can I write porn scenes as exercise? Actually, yes. If you're going to no. write porn or erotica, it's so important to get the pacing of... It's an action scene. It's choreography. It's a fight scene, but it's, you know, intimate. And it's, well, fight scenes are intimate, too, if you look at them right. Um, right, and an erotic scene can tell you a lot about a character. Yeah. You know, like, and it should. Nobody does, you know, the sexy times the exact same way as someone else. You right. know, are they going to be aggressive or are they going to be submissive or something in between? You know, it's a great place for character exploration, you know? Yeah, that's that. Uh, what I was mentioning near the uh, beginning of the show, um, uh, it, like action scenes is how I prefer to describe them because uh, right. in my like main flagship series, uh, the main character actually only really gets into like one maybe two fights per book but she has a lot of action scenes and she's a rogue so her action scenes are like breaking into a vault you know infiltrating a compound all that sort of stuff and uh you you, you have to hit the same beats whether she's fighting someone or whether she is sneaking around and right uh i don't have a lot of explicit uh romance or sex in my books but it does it really does need to work the exact same way because if it's not providing i mean okay I will mitigate this slightly, but if it's not providing emotional development, then it better be providing a really good service otherwise, or else why is it in your book? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It has to move your story forward, and sometimes that can mean moving your character forward, developing your character, and that's what, <clears throat> for me, any action scene, and let's transfer straight over to that so we, it encompasses all the types of things where it's not dialogue or information based but what's the third thing what do we call that action scenes it's still a developmental point let's see commander bubble says one of my issues with fight scenes and actions is while they can be flashy and dramatic as someone who studies medicine as a hobby as garrett can attest to i always wonder how they aren't debilitated or debilitated by the end we could talk about that but let me read raven's thing first I write uh, sex scenes in the same way as a fight scene. Bullet points of the choreography, go back over it, add the sensory info, and do another pass with emotion, thoughts, and dialogue. Yeah, that's a great way to flesh out a scene, starting with the skeleton, adding 
you know, the nervous system, the muscles, and then the skin over top. We just built a person. 100%. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, and as far as the, the comments about, you know, the how aren't the characters debilitated after the fight, those are the best fight scenes, you know, is when the character is affected right. in some way, and there are consequences yeah. after the fight. You know, if your character just gets in a fight and, oh, they put a bandage on their head and move on, it's boring, you know, that, that sucks. You know, we want to see if your character wins, you know, did they, did they kill someone? Is that their first time killing someone? What does that mean, you know? Or if they, I don't know, if they get stabbed, you know, then what? Does it get infected? Do they have to go to the doctor? You know, that's the best part. You know, it's not just the fight scene itself. It's thinking about the consequences. There has to be risk. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, there's no value. Yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. And that's where the juiciest stories come from. And I have... One of my most... Go oh, ahead, sorry, Go ahead. Please go. Uh, so one of my uh, most commented on uh, sequences is where, uh, again, in, in like my main series, uh, the character is uh, climbing down a rope and something goes wrong and she slides down it and the rope, being a rope, uh, like slices open her hands. Mm -hmm. And so for the next like while, her hands are fucked up and she... Ugh, sorry, it's trying fine. to keep things PG thirteen. It's okay. They're We're allowed up. one per show. <laughs> one per show. Okay, that's right. So nobody else. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they are really messed up, and she has to figure out how to do everything. And every time she has to use her hands, there's this intense, cringing pain, and she's like, "I'd better not do that again." Um, and like, people feel for her in that moment. They're like, oh my god, not only is she doing all these dangerous things, but she's doing it while she's really badly injured. Like, she's hurt, and she can't use her hands, which is, if you're a, if you're a thief and a rogue, you know, you, you kind of need that, that dexterity, because uh, you can't just, like, brawn your way through things. And that, so that is a, consequences lend a lot to a story, whether it's over an individual book or over, like, a whole series. Absolutely. Oh man, you just awakened some horrible memories of climbing the rope in elementary school <laughs> gym class. Oh I did no, no, we're buried deep in there. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding back down and getting the rope burned. I I did write a scene in one of my books where it was the first time one of the characters had ever killed somebody, and it was something where they made the conscious choice whether they were going to do it or not. So there was that back and forth before and there was the reaction afterwards the, the psychological shock and trauma of having done that and thinking this guy might have just this is his day job he might have been going home to a family and, and I ended every and had that and another book I wrote in the very first chapter one of the main characters is injured and through like the first third of the book he is dealing with that injury as it heals and unable to walk as fast as the others or do other things, you know, combat, etc. So it is very important, and that's, that's an interesting idea, by the way. Raven asked, Commander Bubbles, can I add you and hit you up for medical questions when I write fight scenes? Then she says, you could have a whole website for writers to ask medical questions. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's, uh... Because it's one of those things when you're writing, you, you've really, and this is actually a great topic to branch off into, you got to look at when your characters are injured, and hopefully they are injured in a fight scene. Otherwise, as we said, where's the risk? Where's the stakes? They got no skin in the game, literally. Um, 
you don't want to hurt them so bad that they walk for a limp for the next three books. But maybe you do, actually, because that'd be a great way to build a character flaw into them where they can't run like everybody else because they got a bullet through the leg or a sword took an arrow to the knee. You know, it happens. Yeah. Um, so you guys ever done anything with that? I, I saw I, I, I have uh, two things, one related to something earlier and one on that. Um, the in the in the first book of my main series, uh, the so heavy topic for anybody out there. Um, I'm about to talk about um, uh, domestic abuse. Okay. So just, yeah, be warned about that. But um, the uh, the main character is a girl. She's 15 and she's grown up in an, in, in an abusive household and um, she escapes. It's the first thing that happens in the story. And for the next, the the, the, the books are uh, on a relatively short time scale. So uh, they all take, the first three books in the series all take place over the, the next like few weeks. And almost everyone who meets her uh, get, like is reacts in one way or another, most of them positive because most people are good people. Some of them in a manipulative way about the fact that they can see her bruises and they're like oh you come from an abusive home she's like what are you talking about they're like you're 15 you're 15 and you got like a, a horrible black eye and like most of the side of your face like you you came from an abusive home and like that is a thing that kind of follows her around and it's actually part of the story development in that like sort of by the end of the third book she's sort of shed that as like a marker and it's a, you know it's it, it's a metaphor and that's mm -hmm. you know a little bit pretentious or whatever but like like when the bruises have gone away she's actually like shed that part of her life and she's moved on from beyond that and she has truly internally escaped that which comes with its own consequences right, right. um i think that's a really interesting thing like what like the physical markers of an injury uh can have a tremendous impact on a character's uh, psychological development. The other thing that I wanted to comment on that you were talking about earlier, same character. She goes for the first long part of the series, and I'm not going to say which book it happens in, but she goes for the first long part of the series where her only rule is, I won't kill people. I won't do it. I just won't do it. That's my line, and I won't cross it. And then she kills someone. And people knew it was coming. I foreshadowed it a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I built the groundwork. And I was like, people were like, oh, when is she going to kill? She's clearly going to kill someone at some point. When is it going to happen? And they, I, I got like emails and comments and people were like, oh man, I bet it's going to wreck her. I bet she's going to feel so bad. I bet she's going to feel. And she killed her first person. And it felt amazing. And readers were like, this is so much worse. Oh, I hate this so much that she liked it. That's so bad. And that's a great reaction to create on people. Like, that's, to flip that expectation. That's an awesome flaw, though. That's something which we're, yeah. we're not necessarily focusing on that, but flawed characters are so important to relate. Because we've all had that thing that we did that was a little nastier, a little horrible, and we're like, but it felt good. <laughs> I, I can't tell anybody. Yeah. I, I I actually, you know, I feel guilty that I am not upset with myself. So people can relate to that. Hopefully not relate to enjoying killing somebody. 
you know. Yes, but I I do not endorse that. Unless they work for DMV, then it's part of the job. But anyhow, <laughs> Garrett, is your is your hair got a green sheen or is it just the lighting in your room? Must be the lighting. It's it's probably the lighting. Okay. This is actually my first time streaming in a very long time, so like I have not dialed in any of this in a very long time. Okay, just checking. Um. And a couple of things in reference to that. Goblin says, hell of a twist. Raven says, love how you torture your readers. Excited to read. And Bubbles says, I just like calling him Bubbles instead of Commander Bubbles. It's just more fun in my head. Uh, another great example of how uh, of this is Edward Elric from Full Metal Alchemist. It's a double amputee and his prosthetic is treated both as a weapon but also as a hindrance since it requires constant maintenance and sometimes it just breaks. Still a badass, though. Now, Scott, you haven't had a too much chance to jump in here. You got some thoughts on any of this stuff or comments from folks? Yeah, sure. So, again, like, you know, my, my stories that I write, you know, they don't feature too many fight scenes and whatever, but something that did pop into my head as we were, you guys were talking here is, you know, we were talking about, you know, the... The, the consequences and exploring those and something that comes up quite often when I stream is you know we talk about that and people say oh I have a fight scene and my character gets injured and I want it I want it to be realistic and I want them to get healed or whatever but I don't I don't th I think it'd be boring or I think that you know I don't really know how to do that or whatever but I think that you know the, the opposite is true and that when you if you have something bad happen to your character and then you kind of explore the consequences your story can grow in ways that you'd never even expected it so like like for example in my book my, my first metal book um, at the very beginning you have these two kids who are escaping this horrible orphanage on horseback and they're being chased by these people that have crossbows and originally I was just gonna have them escape you know right. no big deal but then I was like oh these people with the crossbows, if I want them to be scary and intimidating, they can't just do the stormtrooper thing right. and miss, you know, all the time. They have to hit the horse, you know, or the person. But I decided to have them hit the horse, and then I had to do all this research about what happens when a horse gets hit by an arrow. And I had to send some really scary emails to veterinarians <laughs> and be like, hey, what, you know, how would a horse presumably get healed or what would this look like and whatever. And this horse, you know, for the rest of their journey has this arrow in it and it gets infected and they have to figure out how to fix it and I as the author had to figure out how to fix it too and in trying to figure out you know not only how would their hindered horse hinder them but how would this horse also get healed eventually at the end it caused me to create a whole other character and like a whole other section of this story that didn't even exist in the first place you know so it, it just goes to show that and at first glance yes it might seem like a little cumbersome and annoying to put in these injuries and but these consequences. It adds such a layer in depth. Grow. Oh, yeah. In, the, in ways that you didn't even know. Even if you have a chapter-by-chapter -chapter outline, which I did at that point when I was writing the story, it, it still changed drastically when I started seeing the ripple effects of these consequences. Right. Okay, closing thoughts on the subject, gentlemen? Garrett, you got something? We'll pass it to Scott. Um, I think that... Uh, the main thing to focus on and you know this this applies kind of almost no matter uh what you're writing uh whether it is fight scenes general action se action scenes uh sex whatever um emotional development and character development is the core of any story plot 
is wonderful and, and it can do some amazing things. But if nobody cares about the people that the story is happening to, then the story doesn't matter. And so if you are writing fight scenes, action scenes of any kind, focus on what it's doing to your characters and how it's moving them through the story in terms of rising tension, action beats, all that sort of stuff. That needs to that needs to move things. If you're going to include a scene like this, things need to be different at the end of the scene than they were at the beginning of the scene, just like any other scene in your book. It's true. Scott? Yep. <clears throat> yep, I agree with that. And uh, one thing that I would add to that is, you know, just, again, thinking about a novel as a medium as opposed to a comic or an anime or whatever is, I think, when you have a fight scene in a novel, it, it it's the best way to think about it is by having the fights be, you know, setups and payoffs for the rest of the story. Like, uh, for example, you know, good old, good old Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter book, there's like two big fight scenes in there, you know, when they fight the troll in the bathroom. And that's, there's, it's a setup for, you know, making friends with Hermione and going from there. And it's also a payoff when one of them uses the Wingardium Leviosa right. spell to take down the troll, you know? And that's, it's not just, oh, they punch the troll or used a random magic spell to beat the troll. No, there was a payoff for something we saw happen and a setup for things to come. And then at the end, when Harry, you know, fights what's-his-face by putting his hands on his head and dissolves him or whatever, that's another payoff for you know oh his mother died and gave him the magical stuff you know and it, it works within the story it's not just oh harry used this random magical spell and beat him so i think it's always important to think of your fights within the larger framework and flow of the entire plots and the entire story and making sure that they all fit together nicely agreed and i'm just going to kind of back up what they said is keep in mind the repercussions of any fight scene mental and physical and emotional um, and also make sure there's a motivation for each character that you're writing about. Not necessarily if you're fighting an army of zombies, every zombie doesn't need it. But if you have your primary protagonist and antagonist, make sure their motivation is showing in what they're doing. Or at least their personality. They're there for a reason. And, and make the fight important. Otherwise, don't put it in. Okay. Let me uh, say goodbye to everybody, guys. Let's take us out of here. Garrett Scott, you want to say goodbye to everybody? Oh, uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. Okay, let's get us out of here. Before we go, I want to remind everyone that you can email us at rightnightshow at gmail.com. That's right with the W, night with an N, show at gmail.com. To let us know your thoughts on the show's topics, suggest other topics you'd like to hear us discuss, or just have a message read out on air to someone in your life. Thanks to everyone for supporting the show by downloading the podcast, sharing it on social media, grabbing some shirt stickers and mugs from bit.ly slash tavern merch, or barware patches and hats from bit.ly slash tavern merch too. That's bit.ly slash tavern merch or tavern merch followed by the number two thanks to everyone who joined us live at twitch.tv slash travis tavern talk and everyone who supports the tavern by subscribing hosting throwing bits raids and most of all commenting thank you for joining author travis i sivart and the other writers content creators and all around amazing people for our discussion here on right Join us again soon, and until you do, 
Make sure you create with passion, enjoy the journey, and remember, every night can be right now. This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. That's childrensnational.org slash holiday.